We have another live show for you guys. We're coming back to New York City because I'm back in town. We put something together for May 15th. We're back at Sesh Comedy. Show starts at 7.30. Doors open at 7 p.m. I'm so excited. We loved Sesh when we were there the last time. I'm pumped to be able to do another show back in New York so soon. So Wednesday, May 15th. For tickets, head to our website at findingmrheight.com slash live. That's findingmrheight.com slash live. You can get your tickets right there. That ticket link will be up as you are hearing this announcement. And the venue is BYOB. So if you want a drink, bring a drink. If you like a Diet Coke, bring a Diet Coke. And we're going to hang out afterwards. We can say hello to everybody. Hope to see you all there. See you there. So that was my that was going to be my question, actually, was like, so you are a therapist. I am. And what 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 if he was like huge news? Nope. Another episode of Finding Mr. Hyde, the podcast. I'm Allie, back with my co-host Rourke. Rourke, it is our 50th episode tonight. Oh my god, I didn't even realize that. That's so cool. Happy yeah. 50th. What what Happy anniversary 50th. is that? Um, is it silver? Um, 50 might be silver, or maybe it's gold, or is it diamonds? I don't know. Hold on. No, no, no. Diamonds like a, like 75. Like oh, 100. Gold. Gold. But nobody. Yeah, is it gold? Yeah, it's yeah, gold. it's gold. Um, uh, I'm sorry, I did not give you any anything diamond. gold. Yeah, bitch, get to Missouri. Yeah, when is when is diamond? Because like 50 feels like not that many people would reach oh, it's 50. 60. Oh, oh well, okay, I mean, we'll get there easily. <laughs> um, yeah, episode 50. It's big, which means like we're almost at our year anniversary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because 52 should put us there. Mm-hmm. But um, I know it's very exciting. We'll have to do like a first birthday party. Yes, definitely. How are you doing? Um, good. I'm back. I we took a very early flight, which I really like. My friend and I were in Park City, and um, had a very nice time. Um, I did not take any PTO, so like I didn't really do anything during the day, and so that was a bummer. Mm-hmm. But we had some very nice dinners, and then Saturday day I didn't work, and we went to a spa. And um, have you seen the SNL skit that's like? Um, I think it's called Close Encounters. It's with Ryan Gosling, Kate McKinnon, Cecily Strong, and they're being interviewed no. about getting taken up into a UFO. No. Okay. It's super – it's one of their more popular ones of late, and maybe it's actually old now. It's probably early 2000s or 2010s, but um, – it's super fucking funny. Basically, Cecily Strong and Ryan Gosling had this incredible experience, and they're talking uh-huh. about how they had all these emotions and saw this beautiful light. And Kate McKinnon's character—they're all Southern—and Kate McKinnon's character is like, "Well, I guess I didn't get the top brass," um, and she had like this shit <laughs> experience. And so, my friend and I got the same service, and. I come down, first of all, my woman and I were chatting, and so she went 15 minutes over. And so she was like, oh, I just had the time, and we were having a nice time, so I just, like, kept going. And I was like, love it. Great. She, yeah, I come into the little relaxation room or whatever, and Mary's in there, and she goes, oh, that's cool. You got a dry brush? I said, yeah, where's your dry brush? And she goes, I didn't get one. I was like, what'd your person use? She's like, I don't know. He had these little, like, mitts on his hands. And... (laughs) And I was like, oh, that sucks. That's weird. Like, what oil did you pick? Like, the apricot or the other one? She goes, I didn't get a choice in oil. Like, we had very different experiences here. 
<laughs> and so I just kept joking that she was like the Kate McKinnon UFO character that like she didn't get oh, the top brass with Seuss. But anyway, um, yesterday was a nice day and we took, I like to get the fuck out on vacation. Like when it's the mm. last day, I want to get the fuck home. And so we got back by 10 a.m. And so I've had a nice day of recalibration. I caught up on some work. I went to the grocery store already. I did some laundry. I, I feel very good. And so, and like went for a walk. It was beautiful today. My friend and I went for a long walk and it, it's been a very nice day. Um, in terms a of, lot. Yeah. For a I person mean, who a started day. the day in a different state. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's a stone, it's a hop, skip, and a jump. Also, um, Salt Lake City Airport is enormous. It is very exhausting. I got like all my steps in just going from the entrance. <laughs> Dating wise, uh-huh. I've been having hashtag reckless week as we've been talking Great. about. Great. Yes. And well, there, does the, the well, Patreon knows about reckless week, but I don't yeah, wait, yeah. Wait, wait. So there are three reckless things I've done, two of which are Patreon only. I'm sorry. Yes. Can't. No, I'm, can't that's do fine. It. By the way, we've been getting some serious love on this week's Patreon episode. Oh, really? Yeah. Like multiple people. I posted two of them in my story. Multiple people are like, this week's episode, y'all are spilling all the tea. Another friend was like, I think you need to promote more that you talk about like racy stuff on the Patreon and people need to Allie, get involved. watch it. <laughs> my mother doesn't I'm need not to be knowing this. I'm not talking about just me or just you. I know, I know, it's true. Anyway, so, okay, like I said, two things we are not discussing. The third we can discuss. Okay. So, I have brought up this man very briefly on the podcast before. Let me reset for a second. We call him the Badger because he went to Wisconsin for undergrad. Yes. He is also from there. And he, he's a Packers fan. That will become slightly relevant when I read the text. He and I have always sort of like missed each other where we had a first date years ago he then had to travel for a long period for work and so he was like I don't want to like start something to like be in a different country and like attempt that long distance like that's not a good idea it's like fine by the time he got back I was in a relationship with PowerPoint rip mistakes were made (laughs) and then by the time I break up with PowerPoint he's in a relationship yep and so we keep like missing each other. I then date the student. And when I break up with the student, he and I are finally both single. Yeah. I He reaches out to me. He and I text sporadically through all of this. Okay. Um. So this is to orient you in time. This is January and February of 2020. Oh, okay. It's pretty recent. It's two years ago. And the reason I actually can anchor it very easily in time is, A, because of playoffs, because we watched a playoff. um, That's the year the Niners went to the Super Bowl. Uh And also, he loves, like, puzzles and riddles. And that's something that he and I would often do to, like, we would send each other. Like, he loves an escape room, loves a game. And so we would often send each other that stuff. You had posted, this is early Finding Mr. Hype, you uh-huh. had posted, I have four dates, but it's two of the same name and they are like best guy friends on a television show. And so I sent him to that. I sent him that and was like, oh, hey, like, yeah. want to help me figure this out? I was having people guess what the two yeah. names were. What were the two names? It was remember? Andrew. It was Big Mouth. It was Andrew and yes. Nick Cole's character. Yes, yes, yes. Um. 
What's his character's name? I don't know. I don't actually watch Big Mouth, but I remember oh, I, I was show. telling a I was telling a friend about my dates and my friend was like, "Oh my god, you're going out with the guys from Big Mouth." Yeah. So that's why. Um it's a that. it's a very I, I they do a very good job at kind of conceptualizing this is going to sound stupid, conceptualizing concepts or anthropomorphizing concepts yeah. that you go through at that age. Anyway, it's a well-done show. So um I sent that to him. And so I remember, so thank you for that. Oh, that's anyway, so funny. Yeah. So he then, we go on a few, like we hang out a few times. I don't know what the fuck is going on. I, <laughs> I'm very confused. I'm like, is this a date? What does this mean? Yeah. And like, we're going to dinner, we're going to the movies, but nothing is happening. No moves have been made. We are not, we have not kissed. Nothing is happening. Hmm. So finally... I invited him to, I think, either like a Super Bowl. I invited him to something. And he finally says, I am recently out of a relationship, which I knew through the grapevine. Yep. And he did not know I was. We had not talked about this. Um, He said, I'm recently out of a relationship. And so I'm not really in a place to like get into something right now. Mm -hmm. Is it okay if we keep kind of like hanging, but like not with necessarily like an explicit, like, this is serious dating. And I was like, that's fine. I don't really know what, like, I was like, I know that we have a great time together. We really enjoy each other's company. I am also recently out of a relationship, which I don't know if you knew. And so like, cool. At this point, nothing romantic has happened between you ever? Correct. Oh, interesting. Yes. It's always just very, very like tension-y. Right. Okay. But you've never yeah. even like kissed him at this point. Nope. Ever. Nope. No. Okay. So we finally kiss after um, going to this um, restaurant and then watching Cheer. Okay. Um, this is, again, why I can anchor it in time. Cheer was a very big thing then. Yes. So we've been to watch Cheer. We finally make out. Whatever. That Later that weekend, um, he texts me and says – I'm so sorry to do this. You're the first person that I've like been romantic with since my relationship. And it's making me, it's bringing up a lot of shit that I didn't expect. And Mm. I actually like, don't think I'm in a place to like hang out romantically with anyone in any way. Wow. Okay. Like it's interesting. It's funny. I, I, I've never heard a girl say that this is like, this is exclusively a thing I've heard men say, but whatever it is what it is. So I'm like, I'm sorry to hear you're in that place. That's unfortunate. Thanks for telling me. Have a good one. Thanks for being up front. No problem. And again, we text sporadically. We actually do a few kind of like remote games and like we end up on a couple like Zooms and stuff during Uh quarantine and whatnot. And so texting is super, super rare these days, but it does happen. But like this is not a friendship that I would be sad to – this is not a friendship at all, period. It's an acquaintance. So – as with my theme, I'm like, I'm going to fucking text him. <laughs> Shoot your shot, girl. Exactly. And it's WhatsApp. So let's put that out there because that is relevant because of the read receipts. So um, – or read receipts because he read it. So I wanted to be clear about what I was saying. I don't want any of this bullshit like are we going to the movies because we're like friendly and have the same cultural references. No, we're being clear. So I said, are we obligated to binge watch Cheer Season 2? Which is the time you made out. Exactly. So like clearly a flirty intention. A. 
Do we agree? I, I mean, I agree, but like it depends on whether he associates that. Like he fucking better. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know this man. Okay, well, if he doesn't, I guess fuck that. But here we are. So I sent that on Sunday. No response. He reads it. I can see he's read it. So I'm like, great. Cool. Fuck me. Anyway, that's that. So I'm honestly forgotten. Like, I actually only told my friend Amy that I did this. And Uh she followed up a couple days. She followed up and was like, by the way, did you ever hear from Badger? And I was like, no, I didn't. She's like, "Eh, whatever. And forgotten. Guess what pops up on my little screen? Boop. Badger. (laughs) I was like, the fuck? So I received- three days later. Yes. Yeah. He sends, wow, between season two of Cheer and Packers Niners on Saturday, this is a major week for us. Sorry I saw your message when I was about to get on a flight and then in the travel chaos, I forgot to respond. I'm back in Wisconsin for a bit, but I'll let you know when I'm back. I'm actually quite intrigued how Jerry's fall from Greece will be handled. Dot, dot, dot. I mean, I think it's a good response personally. Like I think- I do too. He has cracked the window or perhaps like put like pulled open the window a little bit further that you cracked. Yes. Agreed. It's not like your text, although I'm with you that your text did have flirty intention. It's not like it was fully overt. So like, I don't, I think that like, Oh, for sure. And also like similarly, he's also, I don't know that he would respond to that if I had been like, yo. (laughs) Yeah. Like you want to make out. Yeah, no, I don't. I couldn't do that. Uh, that would feel like wrong for our for how he and I interact. Do um, you know his current relationship status? I don't. I took a gamble, and so that to me also says he is. I, I, he could have been fun suggestion. I'm dating. Some, like that is. I would have accepted that. Obviously, like oh my god, no problem. Excuse me, bye. I've never like I'm just gonna go die now. Thank you. Good to know you, <laughs> but you know. I wanted him to have that opportunity. Like, he could have said any number of things, obviously. Yeah. And I think this is this is sufficient, but balls in his court. I said, definitely let me know. Yeah. I think the Packers I mean, are going to he said he'll stop. let you know when he – Yes. He'll let you know when he's back. Yes. And then I was delightfully proved wrong. I was like, I think the Packers are going to win. They fucking did not. Mm, they did oh, not. Motherfuckers. Anyway. Aaron Rodgers' so, games have been glorious. Yeah, they're crisp. But um, I do think the Rams are going to freaking destroy because they are very, very good. But anyway, this is not a football game. That was a really good game too. I watched that today. Yeah, Tom Brady's a fucking machine, man. He can just get it. But whatever. That's me. That's where I'm at. Well, that's exciting. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I like it. Thanks. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I had rower date night this past weekend. Yeah. Went to drinks, like pretty like standard date night. He had to work late. Um, so we just got like late drinks in his neighborhood. He had the dog again. Um, yeah. He picked this awesome little bar. It was funny. He had originally picked – I took was taking the train there and he had picked one bar and then I got a train – or a text when I was on the train that said like, just kidding, there are no seats at this bar. Plan B. I was like, okay. Or they're all in like the same vicinity, like same train stop. I was like, okay, like I'll see you at that bar. Then, like, I go underground again, and I come back to the next station, and I get another text being like, kidding again, no seats at this bar either. Wow. Plan C, stay tuned. Yeah. 
Um, and so then by the time I got off, he was at a third location that turned out to be awesome. It was this bar called Barbo in Williamsburg that was like um, – What was it called? Barbo, B-E-A-U, like boyfriend okay, cool. in French. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it – it looked like a counter service sandwich shop from the front, like very small, very well lit. Like as I was walking up to it and I saw it out of the corner of my eye, I'm like, that does not look like a cocktail bar. Mm-hmm. But then you like give your ID, whatever, and you go back through a door and then it opens up into this like big restaurant bar area. Very cool. It's very That cool. reminds me of, I feel like there was like a moment where every bar that everyone went to was like, it's sort of like a speakeasy. Yeah. They don't call themselves a speakeasy. They call themselves a hidden bar. Mm, mm-hmm. It's the natural um, evolution. Yeah. But they're not trying – I think I think the reason it's not a speakeasy is because they're not trying to – the front is not masquerading as anything else. Right. We're right. Like it is a bar. It's just that you can't see the bar from the outside. Anyway, um, so we went to this bar. It was super fun. They, the cocktails were amazing. We were out like way too late and then decided to make nightcaps at his place. It was like single digits, so freezing. So he took the dog for a walk and I like stayed back to make the cocktails. I was like rifling through his fridge, like pulling all these random ingredients out of the fridge. He came back. I was like frothing egg whites. He's like, what are you doing? It's like one in the morning. I'm like, ah. So we had fancy egg white cocktails. Um and it was just – it was super fun. And then the next day we continued to binge watch 90 Day Fiance um, before the 90 days, which he – I was very surprised that he did not watch any further episodes mm-hmm. in between our dates. Like I was pretty sure that he was going to have watched more even though we talked about watching it together, but he didn't. Very which good. I like I've already seen it. So like for me, it's like there's no point in continuing to watch. Like I've, I've seen it already. Right. Um, but for well, him, so it's nice. Just, to, sometimes it's nice to have the experience of watching something with someone who's seen it. Oh, completely. But I mean, like, I was not in jeopardy. Like, I was not the one like at risk of wanting to watch more because I like I know what happens. I've seen it before. Yeah, um, I started like, a show with the cyclist, and then when I saw him like the next week, he's like, "I have a confession." It's like, "What?" He goes, "I show cheated on you." <laughs> I was like, "Exactly." <laughs> And he was like, yeah, he's like, I thought about it several times and I didn't watch it. I'm like, good job. So now we've seen like seven episodes together. Like we're like fun. really all in. Um, yeah. And it was really fun. Like I didn't – I, again, didn't bring up anything. I think, you know, I'm continuing to kind of let it ride. Um, but I do feel like every time we hang out, we are building – that's like, good. I feel I feel our connection building, and I feel like more and more comfortable with him, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not. I'm still not sure. Like, part of me feels like the next time I see him, I want to have like another conversation about it. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I'm not sure yet exactly what that will look like. That's fair. So um, it'll have been like a month. The next by the next time I see him, because we're we're going to hang out again this week next weekend. So it'll have been like yeah. a month since we talked about it. Yeah. And I think so, as we discussed last week, somebody commented how four weeks was your outside limit. And I said, no, that is not what I said. It was four four months. months. Yeah. And so I think this, how you feel might actually be, you know, you'll evaluate it moment to moment. But I think that rather than picking a time, it's probably easier to like identify the outside bounds, right? Where clearly four weeks is too short, but then 
four months feels too long. And so do you feel like those are your outside boundaries or like, is there something like, what are you feeling? I, yeah, I think so. I think I more like want to, the conversation that I want to have next is not a, how do you feel now conversation? Mm -hmm. Like, do you still, like, it's not like a, do you still feel like you don't want to see other people or like you want to see other people? Like, it's not that. It's Mm -hmm. more like, I feel like this is continuing to develop in a really good way. Do you agree? Yeah. Like, does he still feel like, like, does he agree that we are building? Yeah. Um, And I also want to ask for a little more, for lack of a better term, words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like, I, just my initial reaction to asking some, like, that's a very easy question to say yes to. And not that I think you should give him a higher hurdle, but is there something between that and are we there yet? Do you know what I mean? Well, I think I think what I'm looking for is is more of a yes – it's less of a yes or no and more of like an elaboration of like he said he sees long-term relationship potential with us. Like mm-hmm. what are the things that make him think that? Mm-hmm. Like I, I would like a little more affirmation about like what he likes about me and us. And like – not that I don't – like I know that he likes me and I, I feel very secure and affirmed by that a lot. But that specific aspect of it, I think I want a little more reassurance given where we're at. Yeah. For sure. So, I, I – the sorry the I cut you off at an ill-timed point. My the yes or no that I was fixating on was the do you still feel like we're growing in that direction? Right, but what I mean is that I wouldn't accept just him saying yes. Like I would, and I don't think he would. Like I think he would elaborate on it. Yeah, and I want to give him that opportunity, but with follow-up questions, if not. Yeah, for sure. Um, because. Yeah, like I want to know what that means to him. Like, you know, mm-hmm. he sees long-term relationship potential with us. Like, what is what does that look like for him? What does that mean for him? You know, what is it about me and our connection that he sees that? Um and I think I need a little bit more reassurance in that realm. For sure. Yeah. I have a lot of trouble in the gray area that you're in right now. Where I do very, very well with clarity and to the point where I have probably, you know, you see this scene in movies where the person is like, if you are asking me this question right now and you want an answer to it, then the answer is no. Yeah. And I will often push the conversation because I can't, I I would rather it be a no and cut it than a maybe for X amount of time. And so I I just, I know that I, I just know that I would like be struggling and that I, I don't know. And so I think my questions to you are my own struggles of thinking about like, until he's, until he is matched my pace, I have no idea what would make me feel better. I, I th- and I think I've identified that what would make me feel better is understanding like what 
he is seeing mm-hmm. that he likes, that he like yeah. wants to keep. Because the only way that I'm okay in this and the reason that I have been okay in this is because I trust him that he is being honest with me that he still sees this developing and having potential to be a long-term relationship because he knows right. that's what I want and I fully trust him that if he didn't feel that, he would end things. Mm-hmm. Like I – if I didn't trust oh him in God, that – I have so I many more trust issues than you. <laughs> well, like I just think that if I didn't trust him, I don't think I could do this. If I didn't For trust sure. that. Yeah. If I didn't trust that, I don't think I could do this. Uh, and that totally. doesn't mean that I that doesn't mean that I know that it will because he neither uh, of us can for know sure. that. But I do trust with like all of my being that he sees that potential, that he was honest with me that he sees that potential and that if he didn't that he yeah. would have ended things. Yeah. And I think to to what you're saying, I would be able to trust it more the more specific he is. Exactly. So I think I want a little bit more specificity. Yeah. Um of yeah, I think I think that's I think that would help me. Totally. So I'm like still kind of deciding how I want to ask for that. But I think yeah. that's something I want to ask for the next time I see him, which will be this weekend. Yeah. I I I said this when we did our live Patreon origin stories that something about PowerPoint PowerPoint is very good with his words. Mm. And I remember my friend's husband saying to me, declarations are easy, actions are hard. And that has, I've like, that exact phrasing has stuck with me ever since where I, and I wish I had taken that advice sooner as to, as to, as it pertains to PowerPoint. And um, so, yeah, I, I just think about that a lot. Yeah. But it depends on the person too, because like for some people, declarations are really hard. You know, and like, so, and I, I don't know whether that's the case for him or not. Yeah. I guess we'll see. Um, so yeah, so that was that. Um, my matchmaker is starting up again at the end of this week. Great. So that's fun. Also funny story. So you remember Eminem who was like the match that Twas Not, who like basically ghosted me. Yeah. And then my yeah, matchmaker yeah. was like, He ghosted yeah, everyone. He, he ghosted your yeah, matchmaker. He ghosted, he ghosted, yeah, he ghosted you, the matchmaker ghosted and me. Yes, he goes yeah. to the world. Um, and my matchmaker was like, Okay, he's not gonna count because he did that. So yeah. he liked me on Bumble. I pay for Bumble so I can see who likes me. He was in your beeline. He was in my beeline. He liked me on Bumble. I decided to match with him because I was like, let's see what this man has to say for himself. Let's go. I obviously have to start the conversation because it's Bumble. And so I said, fancy seeing you here with like an upside down smiley face. Mm-hmm. And he was like, he said something like, ha ha, yeah, hey, how are you? And I said, I'm great. How are you? No response. <gasps> no response to how are you? No response to how are you? I wonder if he responded and then like looked up where he might have known. Like I wonder if something pinged for him. Maybe. In between those – in between that happening and then he was like, oh, fuck, got to go. <laughs> Maybe. But I was like, I just got ghosted twice by this man. That's hilarious. Oh, so, my God. So, you know what? Just like affirmed the fact that he should not have counted as a match because he could not handle his communication. 
Seriously? Yeah. So that happened. The apps continue to be very dry. I'm not I'm not having any conversations currently. Zero. Oh, weird. I'm having Yeah. I, I'm unfortunately having some. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm being a fuckboy. <laughs> I'm not having any. And I'm and I'm trying. Like I've been sending comments on Hinge. I've been swiping on Bumble. Like I've been sending questions. Like I've been trying to speak to people and have been getting no traction whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It's like the universe is refusing to let me distract myself so weird really fucking annoying it'll come it'll come this is our this is our time um okay should we intro therapy jeff yes i am so excited to talk to jeff tonight me too i hope his dog is okay i do too um so yeah tonight we are talking to tiktok's favorite therapist therapy jeff jeff gunther um, he is a couples therapist. He is huge on TikTok. He does amazing, amazing advice videos. He's also fucking hilarious. He does like spoof videos. He did one the other day about like what it's like to date a therapist, but like extremely tongue in cheek about how like, yes. well, we're always right about everything and we know everything about communication. Yeah. So it's a yeah, new yeah, problem. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Love that. Yeah. He was, he's very funny. Um, and I'm just so excited. We're going to be focusing on like the early stages of dating and like how to communicate during that, which I think, you know, might be helpful for some of us. Maybe pertinent. Maybe <laughs> pertinent. Just perhaps. Um, so awesome. without further ado, for nope, for without further ado. So I've been talking a bunch about how I'm trying to order in less. And part of that is that I'm cooking at home more. But when I don't have time to cook, which is more often than not, I have really can still been loving Factors meals that are ready to eat in just two minutes. Yeah, and they have so many options too. Every week, their menu, they have 35 options that you can pick from. So you can find whatever it is that you're looking for. It's so easy. It's no fuss and no mess. It's so great. And I've also been really enjoying their add-ons that they have. So they have breakfast, they have on-the-go lunches if you don't work from home. I've been ordering their snacks recently to have like a little pick-me-up in the afternoon. And I've really been enjoying that. Yeah. And they also are celebrating Earth Day all month. You can look for their Earth Month Eats badge on their menu. And that will be meals that have the lowest carbon footprint. So shout out to Factor for that one. That's pretty cool. So you can head to factormeals.com slash FMH50 and use code FMH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code FMH50 at factormeals.com slash FMH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Let's talk to Jeff. back with Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Welcome to Finding Mr. Hyde, the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so, so excited pumped. you're here. I, I, <laughs> You land on my FYP all the time, and I regularly send your content to Allie, and I'm like, dream guest, like, what do you think we can do? <laughs> and here you are. <laughs> I'm here. I think this is maybe the second, yeah, the second podcast that I'm doing. Somebody reached out to me really early on when I started my TikTok and mm-hmm. this is the second podcast that I'm guesting on. Although I've been on like many podcasts before um, as I've been a therapist, but this is the first one as like a TikTok star. So pretty big deal. And you, let's be clear, you are a TikTok star. <laughs> it is- I mean, yeah, there's, there's like 
a ton of followers. I have like 750,000 followers that are following me. It's Whoa. crazy. And I've only been doing it for four months. So that was my that was going to be my question actually. Was like, so you are a therapist. I am. And what 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 if he was like huge news? Nope. <laughs> the big reveal. Yeah. Yeah. So what what got you started? Like what made you want to start posting TikTok videos? Like what how did that happen? I mean, most of the content most of the content I've made historically in like the last 17 years I've been a therapist is for other therapists. So I've helped other therapists launch their private practice, um, taught them how to market their whatever, you know, whoever they're treating or what their whatever their niche is, how to make their website, how to be like how to have an online presence. Um, I've been doing that for a really long time. And then when the pandemic started, I got like obsessed with TikTok, like maybe we all did. Yeah. Uh huh. And I was like, I know how to do this. I can do this. I can make those really hooky, you know, like a really hooky statement in like two or three seconds. I'm going to get you. Uh, and then I was like, you know what? I help therapists like reach their clients. Let me see if I can do that on like a really big scale for myself. And I think my first three TikTok videos, I don't know if you or anybody else should go look at them. They're still up, but they're really fucking weird. Same. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what I was doing. I thought I was being really funny. Apparently, I wasn't. It was just like awkward. But then the fourth video that I did like blew up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, um, I think I know how to do this. And then, like you've probably experienced, it, it's so addictive. Where oh, just yeah. like, what else can I do? What else can I say? How many likes can I get? How many views can I get? And it just sort of went from there. And now I make like one or two videos a day. Um, and I get a ton of really good feedback. And now, now I am helping therapists market their practice by starting TikTok accounts. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah. Well, it is awesome. Um, and I think like one of the things that is really great, and I think is going to lend itself well to the questions that people are asking, is distilling often very complex feelings and thoughts into a short mm-hmm. format video. Mm-hmm. That's just yeah. hard. It's really hard, but I really love the challenge because like therapy can be so, you can really get in the weeds. It can be really complicated and there's a lot of nuance to therapy. So like the one minute or even a three minute video doesn't really like allow you to go into the weeds, which is good. It forces me to be concise and succinct and give you content that is like digestible that you're going to like be able to do something with. Love that. Well, before we dive into listener questions, we have a completely unrelated and, to be honest, a little bit silly, yeah, <laughs> weird or not nah for the week. Cool. So this week's weird or not nah is they use a three-in-one shampoo, conditioner, body wash. So question, Jeff, what's yes. in your shower? <laughs> it's not a three-in-one body wash. Um, oh, good. But it's not great. I don't know. I'm not <laughs> proud of it. And it's very like I'm like this guy is a man. I've been using Irish spring soap, just like the bar. The bar. The bar, the green bar. Yes. <laughs> for I'm breaking I'm, out hearing this. <laughs> it leaves my skin so dry. It is yeah. the it's basically worst. a pumice stone, Jeff. <laughs> I am just constantly flaking. My skin is regenerating as fast as it's can as it can. It's so bad. It's like um, crying out for help. 
Yeah, and yet you're like, take it. Uh huh. (laughs) And then I I have uh, shampoo and conditioner. I never use the conditioner. Who uses conditioner? Is that a thing that we're supposed to use? I don't use the conditioner. I only use the shampoo, and it's three dollar shampoo. Just to be clear, this is so close to a three in one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so so a hairline fracture. So so clearly, Rourke and I think this is quite weird. But what? No, what? Wait, do I want to be clear. Oh, okay. Sorry. I actually, in a way, so banking on our audience being mostly women, ninety six percent. Yeah, that they are experienced going to a, a men a man's apartment, and I think a man is more likely to be the person who owns this than a woman. I think women are much more mm-hmm. indoctrinated in the way of beauty products, for better or worse, and so. It is so familiar, it might not be weird at all. I want to put that out there as an option. Interesting. Because it could be not desirable and yet not weird. Right. And so, and I also think, I think clothing and grooming is a very malleable part of a man. Like that is not a selection criteria for me personally. Like I usually can look, I usually like look past a lot of that. That said, my exes basically had fucking spas. A, we're talking Aesop. We're talking like good shit where I was like, amazing. Wow. I have to like bring my own shit. Yeah. The cyclist was the best for sure. I was like, mm, I'll just hang out here. Um, but so what, so what's our guess? What's yeah. our split? I'm going to say 30 weird, 70 not weird. Oh, wow. Okay. Jeff, I think this think? is too commonplace. I think people are fine with this. I'm feeling really influenced by you and your reasoning. <laughs> I also think that it's undesirable, um, but it's not weird because it's so common. So I'm going to, mm. but I think it's like a lot closer to 50 50. That's what I'm guessing. You're guessing 50 50? I'm guessing 50 50. Jeff is closer. It was 42 58. Mm-hmm. 42 weird okay so it's less weird, weird than not weird less weird than not weird but close fairly much close closer down much the middle closer, yeah yeah i, I get know, that i have a girlfriend and she has gotten me for some like one of the christmas presents was a new shower head which was more for her than it was for me uh but i love it and then also a like soap dish that you can put your Irish spring soap in instead of just like leaving it there and having it get all wet and soggy. It doesn't become one with the bathtub rim. (laughs) Exactly. Right. (laughs) Uh So now I have this like beautiful soap dish that's keeping the Irish spring so dry. I have the driest uh, Irish spring (laughs) you could ever want to go into my dry spring. Yeah. um, Several listeners their questions were about your girlfriend. Oh. <laughs> oh, interesting. It was very funny. They're not that's not on the list of relevant questions that I thought made sense to ask you, but I thought it was really funny. I'd love to know what those are because Stacy, her name is Stacy and Oh, I know she, from the questions. Uh everything <laughs> that I've made, I've been dating her for like a year and a half. So I like became a TikTok influencer while in relationship. So this is not something she signed up for. Like she didn't Aww. think that she was going to but I was like, look at this amazing bonus content. You, you're dating an influencer. Like, that's yeah. so great for you. He's and riding great. his sweet coattails. Yeah. There was one video that she really did not like. And we can oh, talk well, about that if you want. I I want. Okay. So, yeah, she's a total <laughs> supporter. 
except for a very recent video. Oh, I think that you actually put it in your like stories about me. <laughs> I, I picked the video that she doesn't. So like. this is we. You caused this fight. Way to fan the flames <laughs> out. <laughs> it's the video where I'm saying like, um, have you ever wanted to? Have you ever wanted to date a therapist? Oh. It's amazing. She and even just off. brought this up in your intro. I literally just brought that video <laughs> up in the no. intro. <laughs> I'm dismissed. Stacy, I'm so sorry. So um, she, oh God, I'm trying to think about like what to divulge here. Um, but she, Allie, made, Allie was saying it's cl- very clearly tongue in cheek. Right? Yes. Can, can you please tell her that? Well, uh, we are right now. Stacy, so out of this. <laughs> okay, thank you. Uh, it is very tongue in cheek, but here's the thing is that even though my intention was to be really funny and silly. And if you know me and if you like know my, if like all my friends, when they saw that video, they're like, oh, this is so Jeff. He's pretending to be the most amazing thing ever. Uh, like I kind of like joke around as being a narcissist. I've been called out a few times actually on TikTok for that because it's kind of triggering for people that grew up with narcissists. That's a whole thing. Um, but some of the people receive that in a way where they're like, oh, are you single? And they thought that I was flirty. And I got a lot of DMs oh. from like cute women who are like, what's up? Uh, so like it, wow. it, it landed as me oh. like kind of like fishing for attention. Like, um, um, do you remember when like the Be My Girlfriend videos were a thing on TikTok where people were like posting all of the reasons why, yes. like girlfriend application oh, or whatever? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it landed like that. It landed like that. And oh. right when I posted it, she was like, I don't like this. You're going to get a lot of DMs. And I was like, no, no, everyone's in. But she was right. She was. Wow, she nailed right? it. I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have guessed that. No, me either. And oh, yeah, no. there's people and that I... are like, if you go through my comments, you'll see people are asking me if I'm single. Dang. Oh, and then I went and fanned the flame. Mm-hmm. Man. But so I need to be really aware of that as I continue <laughs> to post on TikTok. So I have a question. Jeff, Allie's currently dating somebody who shares custody of a dog. Oh, like me. Yes. Yeah. And I want to talk about – I'm interested in how that feels for your girlfriend because I would say make a choice with that dog. <laughs> <laughs> make a choice. Can you say more about that? What do you mean by make a choice with that she dog? She hates shared pet custody. But <laughs> I also, do. also, Rourke, you're not the biggest pet person. Exactly. I would prefer that the choice be giving the dog away to the yes. <laughs> oh, man. That's some controversial shit. Because I also made a post on TikTok about, like, what if your partner doesn't want your dog to sleep in the bed? Your new partner mm. doesn't want your do- And I took the side of, like, it's okay for dogs to not sleep in the bed. And yeah. you're going to have to start priorito- prioritizing your human relationship. And I, that is one of, I almost got canceled. I attempt, people <laughs> attempted to cancel me more than any other video that what? I've ever done. Oh um, my God. Wow. I did. This is why I don't produce content. <laughs> I, that I, I get. I think like that makes sense. One thing that I said in a live once that people went in on me about was this woman was saying that she didn't want the dog in the bedroom at all. Mm, like she wanted to close the bedroom door while they slept. That's mm. a little bit of a harder negotiation, I it's think. Too mu- that's too much. I'm like, listen, lady. Like if I try to close my cats out of the room, no one's sleeping. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like they yeah. would be going ape shit against the bedroom door all night long. We're not going to sleep. 
Yeah, exactly. The keep in mind though, I just want to like give you a little context here. The so I do share custody, although my ex-wife has primary custody. So oh. I'm like the fun dad that only sees Josh, <laughs> Josh my dog. I only oh, see Josh once a week or maybe only once every two weeks. Um so he's just coming over and he's the cutest little guy ever. Um but my girlfriend Stacy is also a dog owner and she loves dogs. So okay, she so has absolutely no problem with that. All right. Yeah. She's cat she gets she gets the vibe. I, I get it. Yeah. I I don't have a problem with the guy the guy that I'm dating. We're we're using a very long moniker for him at the moment. Um <laughs> which we will get into later because none of these questions were submitted by me at all in any way. Um but he, I really like his dog, but I actually like that he has shared custody of her because that means she's not always there. And so, mm-hmm. like, he doesn't live that close to me. And if he had full-time custody of her, we would not be able to ever stay at my apartment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Shared custody is preferred, I think. If you're a dog person, you want to be around dogs. I am yeah. not really a dog person, actually. I'm only a Josh person. I love my Josh dog and no other dogs. I've come to like appreciate my girlfriend's dog, although that dog is kind of a turd. And she knows this. <laughs> Stacy. you know this. Your fucking dog is a turd. Um so I, whenever I was like looking, when I was online dating, I was looking for women that didn't have dogs because I didn't want to deal with another dog thing. It's hard Whoops. to do though in Portland. Everyone has a dog here. Oh, you! I didn't know you lived in Portland. Mm, yeah. Have you been? It's lovely. I've, I have not, but the, the guy that I'm dating and I were talking about We can Portland. call him the rower. We can just tell oh, Jeff his nickname so is the right. rower. Yeah. Jeff, I know the we, rower. we call yeah, him yeah. the rower. Yeah. We call him Got the rower. It. So the rower and I were talking about Portland. Uh, we were out on Friday night and we were talking about Portland and then it turned out the bartender was from Portland. Mm. And then we and then the guy next to us was like, I'm from Portland. We were like, where are we right now? Like, how did we end up in this like Portland bubble? I've heard yeah. the thing. My my friend group and I just locked in. We're doing our July 4th trip to Portland. Oh fun. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm very excited. July four July and August are like the best months in Portland. So you chose the right time to come. If you need a tour guide, let me know. Oh, I would love it because we really want to do like we want to do like hiking. We really want to do like a lazy float type thing. Anyway, whatever. It's offline. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. Dating. Yeah. Let's let's get into questions about dating. Um. So we thought it would be great to focus on the early stages of dating. This is in no way self interested at all. Mm-hmm. Um. But we get a lot of questions about when you're in. You know the quote-unquote talking stage or when you're in a very new relationship, building connection, building good communication habits, having difficult conversations, all of that, like people are losing their minds a little bit about how to do it all. Mm -hmm. So we're very excited to talk to you about it. Yeah, and I talk a lot about that, but I just Mm want to put this out there. And of course, if you disagree with me, I'm sure you'll tell me that you disagree, but I want to encourage you to disagree with me if you think that I'm like too far on some end of the spectrum, because I get a lot of feedback from people that um, the questions that I encourage people to ask or the talks that I want them to have are way too intense, way too fast. And I'm trying to integrate that feedback so I can be like, um, you know, more empathetic to everybody's experience. But I like lean a lot more towards like, what are we doing here? What the fuck is happening? And I think part of it is because I'm 
I have, I've been a therapist for like 17 years and I think like 95% of my clients have all been like people in their twenties and thirties, mostly women, because that's who goes to therapy. Um, and they tell me about all of these problems and issues that they have way down the line with their partner. And I'm just mm. like, why didn't we ask this in the first place? So I'm leaning towards that. But I know that I also know that when you first get to know somebody, it, a lot of it is about the vibe. Like, how yeah. do you like, how do you, do you like to sit with this person? Do you have, you know, are you laughing together? Like, what's, what does it feel like to be with this person? So obviously that's all really important, but also like, let's try to figure out if we're a good match here. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I mean, my, so my, my dad, when I was in high school had um, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and yeah. the analogy that he uses for that, that approach, he encourages that approach to me and the way he has said it to me in the past, it's very morbid is he said, I don't not have cancer because I didn't get a scan. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it's there. I just chose, I either choose to identify it or not. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, fuck, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 You have um, to try to figure out if there's something that's like set, like there's, you have to acknowledge that there's important things that need to be talked about. And if you don't talk about it, eventually it's going to come up whether you like it or not. So you might as well kind of like put it on the table, is what I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess an overarching question that a lot of people had is how do you ask all of these questions or questions that you want to ask of a new partner or someone you're dating without feeling like you're interviewing them or like grilling them with the spotlight? Mm-hmm. I don't know <laughs> because it because these questions. So Perfect. some of the questions, some of the questions that I encourage people to ask are: <clears throat> um, Do you want kids? Do you want to be in a monogamous relationship? Do you want to get married one day? Also, like, who did you vote for in the election? So we can like figure out what your political views are, which are attached to your values. Um, how often do you drink or do drugs? How done are you with your ex? Which we can talk more about. How important is how how important is religion to you? Um, how often do you want to have sex? How adventurous are you in bed? Uh, when an argument happens, do you want space or do you want to process it? Uh, would you ever be open to relationship therapy? What's your number one deal breaker? And why do relationships typically end for you? Those are. Whew. Those are just 12 questions. Those are all very, very intense. Um, very. But also, I would I agree with every single one of them that these are all very important. Mm-hmm. But like, also, I probably wouldn't want to ask all 12 of them in one sitting in a row. No. Like, try to figure <laughs> out how to like weave them into the conversation. And they don't all, they don't have to be on the first date. They don't have to be even before the first date. They can just be in the first like month or two if you wanted. Um, try to weave them in naturally so that it's not so jarring. The only one, the one that I've gotten over and over and over again, which is always jarring, but I always respect it, is do you want to have kids? Mm. Um how do you feel about I was, that one? I was going to ask about – it's funny that you highlighted that one. I kind of stuck on that one because Ali and I recently got a question. And um, just to give a little context because this occurred on our Patreon channel and so other people haven't heard this. Um, she was asking about her and her boyfriend are talking about moving in together. She has always felt like she wanted – or she's always felt like she wanted kids. He does not. And she is wondering, was I conditioned to want them? Is this something I can live with? And 
my reaction was like, oh, get out. I like mm-hmm. I I reacted pretty strongly to this question or I said like you need to nail this down before you move in. Um but I, don't I know. agree. Yeah, don't fuck around. Like if if you're pretty sure that you want kids, you need to be with somebody that's also pretty sure that they want kids. Uh this is not something that you can negotiate. You can't have half a kid. That's right? exactly what we said. We're like it's a this is a binary thing. Like there's no compromise on having kids or not. Yeah. Nope, there isn't. I mean, you know, it's a good question, though, like, because you start to then think about, like, like the example that you gave, maybe we are conditioned to have kids. It, maybe This it- was Allie's perspective. It was a little more nuanced. I was like, fuck, get out. <laughs> Allie's like, well, let's, like, think about, like, society and, like, what they tell women. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> Because, yeah, I think that's all true. Society, even biologically, our bodies are, like, programmed to have kids or to want kids. Um, So it's there. And if you do want to, like, um, move through it and kind of, like, grieve the fact that, like, there's a part of you that wants to have kids but you're not going to have kids, you can do that. You can definitely do that. But you're going to be giving up a huge thing, obviously. Yeah, that's the thing that I think about. I don't know if I want kids, and it's actually something that the rower and I talked about on our first date. Oh my god, really? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. How did it come up? Was it jarring? So we actually – no. So we we went to a uh, a bar that has board games on our first date, and we were playing a bunch of things. Actually, the way we had our first kiss is because we were playing this truth or dare Jenga game, and the block said, kiss the person next to you. (laughs) Um, It was very cute. But anyway, we started playing um, Table Topics. Have you seen this game? It's like a plastic cube and it has like Mm – they're like pretty deep questions. Mm -hmm. And so we started playing Table Topics and one of the questions was, do you want kids? And so we started – so maybe people should buy Table Topics and just start playing it. (laughs) And then be like, oh, well, this card wants to know what you think. (laughs) Yeah, But yeah, we started talking about it and we were on the exact same page. He also doesn't know if he wants them. Like both of us were talking about how I could very much see a world in which I have kids and or kid or kids and a family and I'm super happy. But I could also see a world in which I don't have kids and I'm super happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think both ways you can be super happy. And it's it's but it's also like. Do you want to, what do you want to live with? Do you want to live with the regret of not having a kid for the rest of your life? Or do you want to live with the regret of not having your like childless life? Right. (laughs) There's like, you know, so you have to kind of, so either way you're going to have some sort of regret. Either way, you're going to have some like awesome things about it. For me, I cannot wait to never have a kid. Uh, (laughs) I'm so 100% sure about that, that a lot of times my first dates aren't like, don't even get to the first date stage because I don't want to have a kid. And I'm really happy that I don't have to then like have multiple dates or get attached to somebody when we're like definitely not on the same page. Yeah. And I like Rourke, you've talked about how like you, you aren't like so gung ho about it, but that you wouldn't want to date somebody who was a hard no. Correct. Yeah, I can't have somebody that wants a big family because I want, like, max one. Mm. But I can't date somebody who also doesn't want it. Like, I need that option for one. Yeah, I get that. That makes sense. Your original question, though, of, like, how do you bring this up in, like, a non-interview way? I think if if you're, like, 
playing like a game or answering these questions, that's a really good way to do it. Otherwise, it might come off as a little interviewee, and I'm okay with that. Um, And I want my person to be able to like handle some of these questions and not get scared off or worried about it or awkward about it. I'm not going to like, I I don't think that I'm going to like come in with that energy of just sort of like being really cold or calculated or like this is a yes or no. Like I just want to create discussion around it. Um, So if you can go into it also like maybe being a little vulnerable and being honest instead of coming off as like an attack, then I think that that's kind of the way to do it. Across those 12 questions, do you think that some are more malleable than others in a person? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Like even the kid one is pretty malleable. Like I don't even know if I want a kid or not. Like sometimes you just want to, want to know if there's that option. Um, how adventurous are you in bed? Uh, you may not have been adventurous at all, but you really want to be adventurous or you have tried it and didn't go well and maybe you'd be open to it, but maybe not. Or it depends on like the sexual chemistry that you have with somebody. Um, so all of these can be like, well, it depends. What's our connection? Um, right. Some of them might not be like, who did you vote for? Like you voted for a person or maybe you didn't vote. Um, but but it's sort of like that's really representative of who you are too. Although you could like change your political leanings and values as you like grow and develop or something like that. Um, also, because I can, I mean, maybe not in my thirties so much anymore, but I certainly have friends who would date people. Let's say they ask these questions, they receive a very clear answer and are like, mm, and it will, it'll change. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's a, I mean, it's true that we like grow and change, but I usually, I don't, I usually get like shit when I say this because I'm a therapist and I should believe in change. However, um, I always say like, don't ever expect your partner to ever change. Although I really hope that they do, but if they do change, they're probably going to change max 15%. Like, it's not going to be like They're as not doing big 180s. They're not doing 180s. So maybe it could be like more than 15%. It could be 50%. But like, you should never really count on somebody changing or evolving or growing or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially on something that's like that core. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so those are questions that might help you kind of figure out, you know, long-term relationship compatibility. A lot of people are also wondering what kind of questions could we use to deepen connection? Like something that I struggle with a lot in early dating is like we're having a great time, we're having fun, but how, like what does it mean to deepen a connection as you move forward and is there a way that you can purposefully or intentionally do that? Yeah, I think that's a really good question and something that we always have to keep in mind because it's so easy to just like be fun and flirty and sarcastic and teasing each other. Like that's so, that's such a big part of like first trying to figure out if you can vibe with somebody, but you can really get stuck there and you can like, it starts to turn into like you're in avoidance mode and you're not really asking like the big important questions if you're just like messing around and having fun. Uh So usually I would encourage somebody to be really, to start eventually when they feel like kind of safe enough to do that, which might be, you know, the second or third date or might be a month in, just to start getting like really vulnerable about what you're experiencing and what you're wanting in the relationship or in the connection so far. So a lot of times 
if I'm having a really good time with my new person I'm getting to know, I'm going to be like, hey, I'm having so much fun. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing you all the time, or this is the highlight of my week, or I'm just sort of like letting them know that like, I'm really enjoying this. I really like this. And I'm being really honest, emotionally honest and vulnerable. And when you do that, it usually like invites some vulnerability back towards you. And so you can kind of like get into this place where it's like a little more real. Um, So I would say like, start with like the nice vulnerable compliments to sort of like set the stage And then if there's something that's really on your mind that might be worrying you or something that you're even excited about or like you want to talk about your values and if there's a good value match moving forward, then go ahead and ask those questions. Or you can like do know that, um, what was it, like 37 questions? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 37 questions to fall in love or whatever it is. Those are not bad questions. (laughs) Those Those are all, like a lot of them are really good questions that open up even more vulnerability and intimacy. And you can have fun mm-hmm. with them, but you can also like treat them really real. Yeah. I was actually going to say the way that that ends, I think is a great way to deepen connection, which is the eye tell- contact thing, right? Uh, no, I, it was going to be or the last that. question. Um, mm-hmm. Tell the person about a problem you're having and ask for their opinion on it. Mm-hmm. And I think Whoa. problem solving together is a really helpful way to deepen connection. And I was thinking about how there was a guy that I dated in New York who very much was like, just wanted to like, keep it fun, keep it funny. Every time I tried to kind of bring something to him that I was going through, he wanted to make a joke out of it. And Mm -hmm. I remember saying to him, at some point, we have to stop joking and talk about something. (laughs) And then he wrote a pro con list about me. And one of the cons was that I was too serious. (laughs) (laughs) So take that for what you will. But, um, but yeah. Yeah. I, I think that like, even if you just say like, how are you feeling right now? Like, are you having a good time right now? Because I'm having a really good time. If you like bring, if you talk about what's happening in the moment, that can really deepen things or it can really open things up. And so I want to encourage people to do that and kind of like take that risk because all of a sudden you're being really honest and you're asking for even more honesty. So yeah. I'm feeling very like affirmed right now because something that I really like about the rower is how much he affirms how much fun he's having. Not just fun, but like, I'm really enjoying this. Like, I can't wait to see you again. This is so great. Mm -hmm. And it's, that's something that I really, really like. How do you feel? I appreciate hearing that. What if your like dates ask you about your family and your family relationships? Like that could be an opportunity to get deeper uh, and to really like be even more intimate. Um, Do you go there with that or do you stay surface level for a while? I do like so one of the things that I, so my dad died a few years ago mm. um and it's something that I actually prefer to talk about on first dates mm-hmm. because it actually like I don't like go on and on but like it gives me a very early glimpse into like are they uncomfortable with a sad topic yeah and like I'm not crying or anything though I reserve the right to cry about it but like I, you know, I'm not crying while I'm telling them, but like my dad is a really important part of my life. He still is a, a part of like a lot of stories that I tell. He's a part of, you know, we were really close. And so I like understanding if they're going to be a, a support system in that way. Early yeah. On. If you really like let that hang there, like be really honest, let them know how you feel about it, how that 
uh, how your dad has affected you, um, and then just like see what they do with it. That set that, that it can speak volumes. Yeah, one of the things I think actually don't think I told you this work in our update section this week, but so my mom sold our childhood house this week. Hmm. Um, it escrow hasn't closed, so in theory it could fall through. But like she accepted an offer on it. Um, I was born in the hospital next door to this house. My parents bought it in 1985. My dad literally died in this house um like he was at home at the time so like it there's a lot of emotions there and the rower he his job is really crazy we don't usually text during the day because he's like going all over the place and he'll get back to me like when work is over and I texted him when it happened and he wrote back immediately how are you doing how is your mom doing how are you feeling like you know what's coming up for you and it it really made me feel like he was there for me, even though like I know I know that, you know, he's got his own shit going on. It felt that felt really good. Yeah, exactly. If if you can like open up emotionally or let somebody know about like something that really something that happened that was really hard, like I'm wanting a response of like, that must be hard. Tell me more. Yeah. Like that's that's all I'm looking for at first. So just like empathize a little bit and then hold some emotional space and ask me to keep on emoting. Uh, and you can do that very early on in a relationship. It doesn't have to be too heavy or it can like turn into something that's really heavy and that's okay too. Yeah. What yeah. if you feel like you want the person to ask you for more, but they aren't really? Like maybe they're responding affirmatively, but they're not asking you to go deeper. I mean, I guess it depends where you are. If this is still just like the talking stage, you might just be noting it of like, okay, I'm noting that they're sort of like, <laughs> they're either blocked or they're, <laughs> they're not interested or, and then you have to kind of like do this equation in, re- in your head maybe of like, how interested am I with them? And if you are interested and you think there is potential and you want to try to go further, I would go ahead and maybe like eventually, ugh. See, this is where you can totally disagree with me, but like I would go ahead and say something, say something like whenever I talk about my dad, it seems like it makes you uncomfortable. Or do you think that I'm oversharing? We're just sort of like ask them what they're experiencing and what they're feeling, because maybe um, they have a really complicated relationship with their dad and they're starting to feel triggered and they just sort of like clam up. There could be a very mm-hmm. good reason as to like what's going on with them and they just don't know how to express it. But if you allow them the opportunity to do that, then they can do it. So I always say like point it out in a really gentle way and see what happens. I don't know, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, I, uh-huh. I like that. I think – it's really hard. Like it sounds easy when you're like, yeah, like ask them about it. But then I, I could imagine myself getting very nervous to say something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and these things are like really nerve wracking and awkward feeling. And I want to like move into that awkwardness sooner rather than later mm-hmm. to see how we are in there. Do you – are there any totally out of bounds questions for you where – so the one that jumps to my mind is like what's your number? <laughs> that to me is like a classic don't ask. And yeah. I'm just wondering like what your opinion is on that. On that specific question, what's your number? Yeah. And, and both, both. Yeah. It's funny because like the longer I've dated and I've been dating for whatever, 
uh, 25 years or something, the longer I've dated, the less and less I've been asked that. And the less I've like heard that come up where people are like asking what your number is, which I think is fantastic. <laughs> like, um, I, it's a, it, the, the problem is, is that question comes with judgment probably. Mm. Like, why are you asking me that is what I want to know. Like, what is, are you judging me? Is this going to be something that turns you on? Is this going to be something that you think that like, I shouldn't be sleeping with it? Like, what are you thinking about me when you ask this question? So I would probably respond with that. Why are you asking me this? Um, I don't know. Have you ever responded that way? Has anyone ever asked you that? Oh, yeah. This happened yeah. to me a couple years ago. And it was it was very ugly. No one's I, ever asked me that. No? Oh, my God. Mm-mm. Not even, like, way into the relationship after you've no. been together for a while? No? No. I also don't know. Yeah. But Which There's probably that. is not the answer the person wants to hear if they're asking the question. <laughs> but, like, I'm not, like, tracking. Th- that's, that's the thing. It is a truly no-win question. I know. Yeah, like what what answer are you looking for? No valuable for? information is gained. No, you're right. So, yeah, I'm trying I'm racking my brain now with like why could this be a good question? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's ever a good question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. The, it, it's it's what also is interesting is like the question of like how many times do you want to do it or how adventurous are you um, in bed? That question has been asked to me a number of times uh, in the first three dates. Um, And I don't know if it's like part of Portland being so uber sex positive Mm -hmm. or just like our culture and where we are as like a people these days. Um, Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm stuck on the idea that I, I sorry, I'm sort of thinking of it as I'm saying it because I'm mm-hmm. trying to put myself in the shoes of both hearing it and being the sayer mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. Where if I in the within the first three dates asked a man how what's your preferred frequency and what's your preferred adventurousness, or if a man asked me that, I think either direction I would either I would be giving off or I would be receiving from the man. Oh, you just want that. Like that's what your focus is. You're not thinking about like building a relationship with me like that would be how and I yet that's it probably not necessary it's not necessarily true but I know that's what like I would think and it's the vibe that I think I would be giving off if I asked that it could be I think those questions get the most pushback understandably so <laughs> yeah <laughs> like or oh go ahead I was just gonna say there you really need to feel safe and good and like there's some sexy chemistry connection that's already going on before you ask those questions if you were to just throw those out all of a sudden like that shit can be real weird yeah well because also i almost want to have like a redacted portion of this like we should have like a um (laughs) like a director's cut for Patreon or something oh my god like put it on the patreon so this again or you, Jeff, we'll just have you back for a Patreon episode, and we can I just. Oh talk yeah, actually, that's a really good idea. Like we should just do that. Okay, so, <laughs> so forgetting about that portion. So speaking of like having difficult conversations up front, something that I think a lot of people struggle with is if you have anxiety or if you you have anxious attachment or you know anxious thoughts or whatever. How 
how do you balance how soon is too soon to share those thoughts and needs and insecurities with somebody? People worry that they're going to seem like needy, which I, I fucking hate when people call themselves needy, but mm-hmm. whatever. That's a soapbox for another day. Uh, you know what? Uh, you know, okay. So yeah, like I warned everybody, I'm somebody who's like encouraging people to speak up maybe like sooner than they would like. Yeah. If you know you have an anxious attachment style, which somebody, you know, that's somebody like who might need more validation or want more reassurance, or you find yourself like worried or ruminating about like, does this person like me? Will they, what is the relationship going to end? It's just like, (laughs) Uh, you you feel like insecure. (laughs) That noise, that noise describes my entire existence. Just, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would go ahead and within the first three dates, let my person know that like historically I've had an anxious attachment style and these are certain ways that it can manifest. Uh, and would it be okay if I was feeling anxious to like ask for some reassurance or ask for some like extra validation? Now I'm not saying that you should like try to ask for a hundred percent of your like reassurance from your person, from the new person you're dating. But just knowing that sometimes you can ask for reassurance, I think is like incredibly relieving. Um, so I would say put yeah. that out there early. Um, but it, it also depends on like how you're putting it out there. Like, are you just like kind of going in with being like, I'm such a stress case. I'm so overwhelming. I've always scared people away because I asked for too much in relationships. Like if that's your story and then you're expressing it that way, that's probably not the best way to do it. But if you're like, oh, I can sometimes like, sometimes I want a little bit more validation and reassurance because I feel uncomfortable in the unknown and in the uncertainty. Is it okay if I ask you for that? I think that comes off fine. As I'm thinking about that, I feel like just knowing that I have the option to ask for that validation and reassurance, I think would make me need it less. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing with all of these. Like if if you're worried about something and you kind of like leak it a little bit or tell them a little bit about it, and then they respond in a really kind or curious, interested sort of way, all of a sudden it feels so much more manageable. Um, I'm somebody that has an anxious attachment style, or at least I've like historically had one. Um, I was really anxious in my teens and twenties. It started to get better into my thirties. Uh, but it's something that I would usually start with. And now when people tell me about their anxious attachment style, like my current girlfriend, Stacy, it was on her dating profile, uh, that she is a wave. Have you heard of like Have you heard of that? If you have an anxious attachment style, you're a wave. If you have an avoidant attachment style, you're an island. And if you're a secure attachment style, then you're an anchor. And so she had a little wave on her profile and it was sort of cryptic. And then she was like, I'm a wave. And I knew exactly what that meant. Wow. Wait a second. I have seen wave emojis on profiles and didn't Mm. know. I mean, Mm -hmm. maybe it didn't mean that. Maybe not. I feel like in LA, it's I like surfing. Like, I don't think all these men that I'm seeing that, like, are shirtless are anxious attachment. (laughs) They might not be. But it it does sometimes – because, yeah, look for a wave, island, or anchor. There's there's those three emojis. And sometimes it's a clue as to, like, who they are, what they are, what their attachment style is like. And now I'm mostly an anchor. I'm mostly stable. 
insecure. Um, and I think that people with anxious attachment styles are fucking adorable. I think they're so sweet. I love how they show their love. I'm really good at like giving them validation and reassurance. I'm there for it. Uh, so when I was told early on that my girlfriend is a wave, I was uh, very open to how she experienced attachment. That's so sweet. I love that. Yeah, I like that you call um, that you've referenced anxiously attached cuties. Mm-hmm. That <laughs> resonated with me. Yeah, <laughs> like they're... I'm an anxiously attached cutie. Exactly. They're adorable. They're hot. They always are. <laughs> Something that somebody write uh, a question that somebody wrote in that I think we haven't really talked about that much is. Um, they phrased it as like protest behaviors. I also think of it as sort of like punishing your partner when you're kind of like holding on to something where um, like a, a memory that I have is um, I dated somebody like long distance over a summer just because like I got a job in a in D.C. and they came to visit me. And we had this like very tense dinner where he was talking to me in a way that he had not spoken to me before. It was very odd. And when I – it was with his sister. And so I I, I didn't bring it up in the moment. And when we got back to where I was living for the summer, I was like, we need to talk about what that was about. You know, what was going on for you? And he was like, oh, like I guess I was like pissed that you haven't like wanted to FaceTime me every day or you know whatever it was for the past like couple weeks where we haven't been in person and I was like okay so like that's something we can talk about like you don't need to like demean me in front of your sister to like get one back or something but like that sort of like energy match like how do you avoid kind of like energy matching somebody's like bad attitude like, do you feel like you matched his bad attitude after that? Is that what you're – No, I, I don't think I did then, but it's something that, like, I definitely – like, my, it's something I can definitely be tempted to do because – so mm. I am I, – I lean avoidant when I'm, like, in an unhealthy mm-hmm. situation or, like, not my best, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so if somebody wants to pull away, I'm like, great, watch me. Like, no problem. <laughs> And or like catch me leaving. Yeah, no problem. (laughs) Um, And so for me, something that I really worked on in my most recent relationship was saying I said to him, I, I said to him once, I don't think this is because of something you're doing, but I'm experiencing it this way. And like, mm-hmm. I need to talk about that. Mm-hmm. And instead of just saying like, I'm in a, instead of just being in a bad mood with that person and being silent. And so, like, that took a lot of work for me. Um, well, it also sounds like the guy that was visiting you in D.C., I, it sounds like he thought he was matching your energy. Like, he thought that you were oh, pulling away from point. him and being shitty by not wanting to FaceTime. And he was like, well, if she can pull away, then I can do it too. And then he was shitty to you in person. Like, I, it sounds like that's what he was trying to do. That's a yeah. good call. Yeah, it sounds like he was hurt, and so he decided to hurt you. But you didn't even know that he was hurt. You had no idea that he felt hurt or bummed or rejected when you wouldn't face him, FaceTime him. Um, So he kind of like punished you, or this was his little protest behavior, which is going to make you want to punish him because you're like, Mm -hmm. cool, you want to punish me? You want to make me feel shitty? I want to make you feel just as shitty. Uh, And it just sort of round and round we go. (laughs) Exactly. So somebody like you or somebody in the relationship needs to like 
point out what is happening. Um, I felt hurt, and so now I feel tempted to hurt you. Or I felt hurt, and then you hurt me, and then I want to hurt you, and now you're you're like we need to like understand the cycle that's going on here. But a question that I get a lot in, from clients or TikTok or whatever it is, like if you're in a relationship, there's going to be something that's going to happen that's going to disappoint you or hurt you. And a lot of times you wonder like, okay, how big is this? Is this something that I want to bring up? I'm not quite sure. Maybe I can like get over it or let it go. And so the question is like, when do I let something go or when do I bring it up? And usually- That is such a huge question. Yeah, it's it's a huge question. And what I usually say is like, well, okay, if you want to just let it go, I fully support you letting it go, but only if you really can do that. So in your situation, like your uh, partner was there at the dinner uh, and his behavior changed and he was like a real fucking turd. Uh, So (laughs) obviously he should have brought it up. So I usually say like, if you can, uh, if you can like be with the person and not have a behavioral change so that you're punishing them or you're resenting them, you're being silent or you're being, or whatever it is, then, okay, if you're not going to have a a behavioral change, you can let it go. But if you are going to have a behavioral change and you're going to act differently, or you're going to like relate to them differently, you need to bring it up. Mm -hmm. Hmm, That's a great litmus, litmus test. Yeah. That's actually very similar to how I'm feeling about the rower right, right now in the sense that, so like very, very quick background, but I attempted to have an exclusivity conversation with him about a month ago Mm -hmm. and which is going to tie into the next question that I'm going to ask from our listeners. (laughs) Um, And he told me that he isn't really ready for that, Mm -hmm. but that he's like really liking where it's, how it's developing, et cetera. And that's kind of the litmus test that I've been thinking of for myself is am I still feeling the same way around him or am I feeling myself shift with him because of what happened, because of that conversation? And that's been the litmus test for me when I see him of whether I'm still cool in the situation. Yeah, exactly. If you can be present and you can be connected and you can have a lot of fun, even if it's like in the back of your head somewhere, but like you can still be like connected, then that's great. If it's something that like is just messing with you and you're like angry or resentful and it's coming up to the surface and now you're behaving differently and you're subconsciously passively trying to punish him, then it's like, okay, we're not feeling good about this and something needs to be said or a decision needs to be made. Have you guys read Joy Luck Club? Oh, not in a long time. I read it in high school. Mm -mm. So there's um, one of the stories, there's a phrase in it where um, she says, like, I was taught to eat bitterness. And I like that is the defining characteristic of my relationship with PowerPoint, where all I did was like every time I expressed a need, that sounds like a you problem. Like nothing, he could not change anything. Every t- you've said that so many times, and every time it just fucking hits me right in the chest. <laughs> yeah, it was bad, and so and I, unfortunately, was I was able to I sustained my behavior in that relationship for a absurdly long amount of time until mm-hmm. I fully cracked and was like, can't do this, I'm out. But mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's it's the worst. Yeah. Anyway. And- Yeah, if you're not going to like, shit needs to be put on the table (laughs) and like, and talked about. And if you're sort of like tiptoeing around it, or if like you're just like being told that like that's your problem, not my problem, 
that's going to like fuck with you and you're going to like resent them. You're going to like feel, and you're not going to feel heard. You're going to feel invalidated. And even if you don't know it, like it's going to be bottled up and it'll eventually come out and create toxicity. Literally. It was like a cork, like boop. I was like, okay, I'm having a breakdown and we're broken up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, sorry, Allie, you had a relevant listener question. I'm just going off. (laughs) Well, a big topic that people asked about was past relationships and exes. And like in those early stages of dating, what is the quote unquote right, spoiler alert, there probably isn't a right amount to talk about exes? And also then how do you know if they're over an ex? Yeah. So I get a lot of pushback. I'm wondering if you two ask your dates about their past relationships, because I get a ton of pushback whenever I'm like really trying to encourage people to ask their partners, especially their new partners when they're in the talking stage about their past relationships, just because there's so much you can learn. So how do you two handle that? Yeah, I don't mind bringing it up. I I hope that I do it though in a more like organic way. Like it's not prescriptive. Like I'm not like you know, so we're going to have the ex talk now or like, tell me about your exes. Like I more kind of like bring up past relationships as it relates to a current conversation topic. At least I hope that's how it comes across. (laughs) I think that's the goal. Yeah. What do you do, Rourke? I'm a big, I mean, my general, so I don't, I, yes, I'm very comfortable talking about this on dates and on this podcast where I shit on exes all the time, but, (laughs) um, I, not only so i come from a place of like when i'm dating someone i want to know everything about them like i like mm-hmm. them i want to know yeah. stuff and i think there's not only that where i just want to learn about the person i think a well established red flag is all my exes are crazy mm-hmm. i think that is a very bad sign mm-hmm. and so that's something i like to pay attention to mm-hmm. and then i also just am pretty almost to a fault sometimes am not jealous where Mm. I have and I've been burned because I'm like oh no he like told me he was here and my friends are like Rourke that makes no sense you know or whatever (laughs) and so I like I don't mind I I don't have any feelings about that like I don't feel threatened or weird about the past I just it's just like yeah I'm the same interesting facts about the person I I don't feel threatened Sometimes to my detriment, I, but I don't feel jealousy. Uh, and also, I want you to ask me about my exes because those were some really important people in my life that are connected to some really fun stories or um, important times and have like really influenced me maybe the most out of like out of anyone else in my life to make me the person that I am today. So I want to tell you about those past memories and I want you to tell me about those past memories and. Allie, you're not going to like this, but I do have like this prescriptive list (laughs) that I try to organically go through, but I just want to like throw out that my favorite nine questions. (laughs) Oh yeah. uh, When it comes to exes. So when I'm dating somebody new, I'm going to ask, how did your last relationship end? How did you continue the problems? And uh, how did you, how did you, Sorry. How did you contribute to the problems and the ending of the last relationship? What were Oof. your ex's main complaints about you? What Ooh. relationship patterns do you experience? What do you like most about your exes? Which ex was easiest to talk to about hard stuff and why? Are you usually the dumper or the dumpy? Am I a lot like your exes or am I totally different? My favorite question. Mm, yeah, and that one's- 
<laughs> do you want to be friends with your exes or not really? Er, that that <laughs> yeah, better be a hard no. Works a hard <laughs> no on that. Oh, tell me more about that. Why is that a hard no for you too? Oh, that was such a therapist question. Thank you. <laughs> tell me more I, about that. I'm just coming out of like six sessions in a row, so I'm oh, still wow. in therapy mode. Yeah, you're in so. the you're in the mode. Yeah. Um, I. I have said this before, and I think I didn't say it clearly enough, so I'm actually glad I'm having the opportunity to say this again because we had questions on it. Relationships rarely – the causation of the end of a relationship is very rarely bad sex, where the person is like, I am dumping you because we have crappy sex. It is usually because of other stuff, emotional needs-based, logistics, all that stuff to me is what ends a relationship. Therefore, everyone I have known that stays friends with their exes at some point fall back into bed with them. And I, to unless you are forced, I so my most recent relationship, um, he had 50-50 custody of his kids with oh, his yeah. ex-wife. Mm-hmm. And so of course, she had to be in his life. I can guarantee you they were not friends, but like they had a high level of interaction that I that I tolerated fine. And so it's not like I don't understand that some people are yoked to their exes in certain ways, mm-hmm. but the choice to remain emotionally connected to them on a friendship level, I am out on that. Okay, that's you're very clear about that. <laughs> yeah, it's just very super hard boundary. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm not out on it per se. I don't have any f- close friends that are exes. I have exes with whom I'm friendly. Mm-hmm. But we don't spend one-on-one time together on a regular basis. There is one ex of mine that will get drinks occasionally when he's in town. Um but I also, I think it's important to note have never dated somebody with whom I was friends first. Mm-hmm. I think that is would be a little bit of a different thought mm-hmm. for me in terms of like, well, we had this friendship before. Like for all the guys I've dated, it's like you were like a fucking stranger on Bumble. I don't need to keep you in my life. Mm-hmm. I have plenty mm-hmm. of friends. Mm-hmm. Oh, so interesting. Yeah. So I don't know if I'd be a good match for either of you two, <laughs> which is a bummer for me. Wait a <laughs> because I, I, I Stacey like it. Stacey takes a sigh of relief from stage left. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Although Stacey is 100% near camp. Thank um, you. Oh. Uh-huh. So that's a, that's been a real thing that we've talked about a lot. Um, and I, I like it when my friend, my partners are friendly with their exes and also maybe friends in like a, you know, a healthy way. Not that's not like, hopefully there's, there isn't like a bunch of like unfinished business or sexual chemistry that's still brewing. Yeah. I think Rourke, what you said about the sex thing, I don't know if I've ever thought about it like that, but I think you're right. Like that feels right. Like that makes, that's <laughs> a really you. great point. <laughs> Thank you. Um, mm -hmm, Yeah. And I think it's interesting. It's something that I really need to keep in mind because you first, you just, you went there. And I think that like a lot of people, whether they know it or not, at least they're subconsciously going there, you know, like, so that I I get that. So if you're then dating somebody and they're, or you're out on a date with someone and they're talking about their ex or perhaps they're friends with their ex, like, how do you know if they're over them? If they're mm-hmm. like, what's, where's the line? Where's the line? 
Yeah, I, I'm, I'm really interested in like how charged they are when they talk about them. You know, if there's a lot of anger, if they're saying that thing, like all my exes are so fucking crazy. Um, that that's like those are some really bad big red flags because it yeah. feels like there's some like unresolved, unfinished business. If you were like quote unquote over them, then I then you wouldn't be as emotionally charged. And you'd also be able to talk about your past relationships in a more nuanced way. They did this and I did this and they did this and I and, and it contributed to the demise of our relationship or something. Um so I, it's it's all in like the energy of how they talk about it, and and I don't, I don't know if that's like the best way. It's that's it's it can't be like very black and white about it, but it gives me a lot of clues. Yeah, um, and also like we said earlier, yeah. like we're not talking about abusive relationships. Like you know, we're talking about yes. your you know relationships mm-hmm. that that were on the whole. Mm-hmm. healthy i'm putting that healthy in quotes because if it was yes. like the best yeah. healthiest relationship probably wouldn't have ended but one thing when <laughs> right. you said that question that you said jeff about like am i a lot like your exes or am i not something mm-hmm. that should have been a major red flag to me about my most recent serious boyfriend mm-hmm. was that he constantly told me how much better i was than his exes Oh, and he never said they're all crazy. Like he didn't use, he didn't use language that would have been like, oh my god, this man is saying all his exes are crazy. It was mm-hmm. a little more insidious than that. Hmm. Of like, oh, I love how, I love how chill you are about this thing. Mm-hmm. Insert X here would totally have freaked out. <laughs> or like, yeah, you know I. What? You know, and like, and a lot of things like that. I love, I love how blank you are because mm-hmm. it hasn't been that way in the past. And I, I always thought to myself, can we just end the sentence at, I love how blank you are? Right. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's some real unfinished business there. And even though I want to hear about your exes, I don't want to be a therapist that's going to help you through <laughs> like resolving your exes. And you don't either. Like, I want you to like go talk to your best friend, your mom, your therapist, whoever, in order to like, or journal about it. I don't fucking care. Like, figure it out because I'm not going to be the person that's going to guide you through that journey. Right. That's not my role. That feels gross. So, yeah, when you're like dating somebody who's still comparing you to their exes, that just does not sit right with me. Yeah. I also don't like the exact yeah. opposite though. Like I don't want to hear radio silence about relationships you've been in. That worries me too. Yeah, exactly. There there needs to be some sort of balance. And and it's funny cuz that's my favorite question, the one that you're talking about, am I a lot like your exes or am I totally different? Um, I want to be somewhere in the middle. <laughs> Yeah. I don't if I'm like if I'm completely different from your ex, well, it's just like, well, why am I so different? Like there's probably you're not gonna like me, is what I'm like for like there's gonna be like if you're continually dating somebody who's like very similar and you're just like fuck it, I'm gonna like date somebody the opposite. I'm the opposite of what you typically like. Okay. Maybe I'm like a healthy version, but still uh, I don't know. That feels a little bit like two one eighty for me. I I actually said that to a guy that I dated last summer mm. where he was he was saying how – so he had worked with his ex mm-hmm. and they had met through work. Mm-hmm. And he specifically – he was like, I really want somebody who like does something totally different from me. I want like da-da-da-da and like that's why like this is a great fit. I was like, 
oh no, I'm your overcorrection. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, 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 like you're. This is totally what I want. Mm-hmm. He's gone into business with his new girlfriend. I just want to <laughs> put that out there. <laughs> so I was like, I was right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's that thing of like, you know. I'm a lot like like I like to stay inside and be a homebody, and you like to go out all the time, and that's going to be such a great balance. That's going to fucking break you up. Actually, no. that's yeah. not a great balance. All those things that are like you're on the, we're on the opposite end of the spectrum. Like we're going to meet in the middle. You're not fucking meet in the middle. No, you need to find like a bird that flocks together instead of like opposites attract. Yeah, yeah. And maybe I like maybe to they're like find somebody who wants to leave the party at the same time as me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Maybe we're, like, in the same flock, but, like, in different parts of the flock. Like, that's cool. Like, I like somebody who can kind of push me a little bit or, like, who, it, mm-hmm. you know, is not – I don't need somebody who's totally as type A as me because that could be a disaster. But, like, somebody who's totally, like, <laughs> flapping in the wind with their every – but that's going to fucking annoy me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. I'm now I'm Now I'm thinking to my – I know. I'm now thinking to myself, like, should I bring these lists of questions with me the next time I see the rower and, like, just check them off? I mean, honestly, you've got nothing to lose. Let's fucking do it. The problem with him, though, I I should not have introed a sentence with the problem with him. Um, The thing is, (laughs) he dated someone for eight years and we're 34. So, like, asking about his quote-unquote exes is a very – poorly veiled attempt to ask about that one person Mm -hmm. i would say then don't veil it just be straight up like you know he's been up front with you that he was engaged i think you can just talk about this i think you should talk about this yeah i want more information i support that for your reference jeff he told me about it on our first date like he was very upfront that like his last relationship was an engagement and you know when it ended and all this stuff but we haven't really talked about it since i don't have that much information beyond Mm -hmm. those basic facts about, like, the breakup. Hold his feet to the fire, Ali. Let's fucking get it. Oh, God. (laughs) Get it and spill it. And also, I mean, he he opened that up for you. Like, he created that conversation. It sounds like he's open to, like, talking more about it. There's so much information that you could could collect that could be really interesting or valuable or insightful. Yeah. Like, to Trivia's credit, I thought he, like, very thoughtfully talked about his – ended engagement where um he told me about it on our second in-person date i i met him we went on a first date and then i decamped to texas to study for the bar and just like shut off my social life entirely and so then we did a couple facetime dates and then in person in our second in-person date he like broke it down and like told me the whole story and um i thought did like a really really nice job sort of like talking about like what was good what was bad like why like they made the choices that they made and i like i i really appreciated it Mm -hmm. yeah again i'm gonna repeat like it's your past relationships are such a huge part of who you are and have made you who you are today all the good things and amazing things and traumatic things and hard things and broken hearts and i want to know all of that yeah. <laughs> and even if it's hard for me to hear, or even if there is feelings of insecurity or whatever, like I'm going to move through it. I'm going to cope with it or tolerate it. If I can't, maybe I'll say something about it. We'll talk about it later. If you feel like it's too raw, that's okay. But I eventually want to hear more about it um, because it's just like, that's who you are. And I want to know all of you. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's lovely. Um, 
I want to end with a question that made me giggle. Sorry. <laughs> this happens to me a lot. <laughs> the question is, how do I let my boyfriend know that sometimes he is being really annoying? <laughs> that one was funny. <laughs> it's so deeply relatable. I mean, you can go in two different ways. I guess you could be like really direct, uh, really direct about it and let him know that he's doing something that's annoying. But I usually start with like the positives first and do the whole like positive what sandwich or whatever. Compliment sandwich. So compliment sandwich. Yeah, exactly. So um, I love when we feel really close. I like love cuddling up on you. I love it when we watch our favorite show together. Um it's, you know, it kind of like frustrates me when you start to uh, eat all the Cheetos like right over me and it's starting <laughs> to like, and it gets in my hair oh and my I don't, like, and it makes it so that I, like, I feel kind of gross because I really just want to continue feeling close to you. And I really like love our time together and I really value it. So it's just sort of like a compliment sandwich. You're like, I love this. This is fucking annoying. And, I, and I'm <laughs> telling you this because I want to be closer to you. Right. So... That's how I would go about it. Love that. Get that Cheeto dust out of my hair. I don't know why I came up with that, but yeah, <laughs> it's that. great. That's great. It's perfect. <laughs> um, yeah, we have covered so much in this. This this has been amazing. Yeah, I've had so much fun. But no, seriously, Jeff, this was like so much fun. I could talk to you forever, and like I want to like spill certain tea with you at, at another date. Oh, yes, 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 yeah. We should yeah, do it very we- soon. Thank you, Jeff. Oh, and Jeff, before we sign off, tell our listeners where they can find you. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I am Not Therapy physically. Jeff. You can search for <laughs> Therapy Jeff. <laughs> yeah. You could find Therapy Jeff on YouTube or TikTok or Instagram. I also uh, help to produce another podcast, relationship podcast advice show um, with my two friends, Julie and Gina. And every now and then I hop on and I'm a guest too. So you can search for that podcast. It's called Swoon Love Lessons oh, with Julie and Gina. I love That's that amazing. title. Yeah. Thanks. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Jeff. We will, of course, tag you in all of our stuff. And it was so wonderful talking to you. Yeah, it was so great to be here. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Have a good night. Bye. Bye.